Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Chats with Brent Martineau. Padres somehow pull off a trade for the best reliever in baseball and don't give up Abrams or Hassel, which is mind-blowing to me. Um, so you have plenty of prospects to give up for uh, Juan Soto. That's a ridiculous team with Juan Soto and everybody else they've got. Yeah. We called it! That's very funny. That's uh, that's you playing a clip of you to gloat. That's me playing me to gloat. You better believe it. I said it. I even posted a 10-second video on Twitter, at Kurtz. You can follow and see it. I love how proud of yourself you are. Ah, yeah. That's Lord, great. I love myself. Listen, some people work their whole life to love themselves. <laughs> Not me. I'm there. I am there most of the time. We got late-breaking baseball trade news, Casey. You know, the deadline is coming up. <laughs> I do know the deadline <laughs> you, is coming did up. Did you know? And we have some incredible news. Do you have something right now that's breaking? There actually was. Uh, the Twins just made a trade, but we don't have to dig into it if you got some incredible stuff you're talking about. No, I'm just talking about that Juan Soto is going to mm. be heading to the Padres, in, which is nothing short. Listen, I'm dramatic a lot on this show. <laughs> this Juan Soto trade is nothing short the, of the biggest trade since Babe Ruth. Nothing it, short. It is insane, the deal that got done. And it's not just like people keep talking about the Soto trade like it's Soto for the process. Bell is no slouch. Josh Bell's very good. He was, a, he was an all-star. Josh Bell is very, very good. And the just that part of it and then the return, I'm going to say names you don't know. Mackenzie Gore was the number one prospect at a time. Robert Hassel is a huge prospect. C.J. Abrams was the number one prospect at a time. James Wood might have the most power in the minor leagues. Like, the amount of prospects and the high-level prospects going to the Nationals in return for these two absolute stars, the one being Juan Soto, is nothing short of incredible. This is a massive trade. This is a trade that I believe will lead both teams to win the World Series at some point. At the same time? Not at the same time. Because oh, that would be difficult. Sooner rather than later, the Padres, and later rather than sooner, the Nationals. I mean, the Padres are stacked up like some of these NBA teams get stacked up. It's, I mean, the Nation. I mean, the Padres lineup is going to feature Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr., Juan Soto. Josh Bell, it, it, it just keeps going it's and going. crazy. And they got a pitching staff. They do because they just re-signed Musgrove <laughs> for five more years. And right. the only guy they don't have now is Mackenzie Gore because he's on his way to Washington. But you Darvish in that staff as well. I mean, Lights the, out this year. the Padres have, they should win the World Series. Like, Is it the best roster yeah. baseball has seen in how long? It's got to be at least a decade. Yeah. I mean, since like the Yankees. I'm thinking of the late 90s Yankees yeah. lineup, short top to bottom, murderer's row. You got a great pitching staff too, but man, this one rivals it for sure. Yeah. I mean, there are very few easy outs. Like there is, depending on how they space these guys out in the lineup, like I think it would be a mistake to hit all three of them back to back. But I think if you hit like. I mean, how do you not put Tatis third or fifth? Yeah, you're going to have to hit two of them back to back. Yeah. Like, I would bat Soto second, Tatis third, and Machado fifth, Josh Bell fourth. Like, that you is. You have to stack. You're not, you're not putting one of those guys seventh. No, you're not. I just, it's incredible. It, it's a lineup we haven't seen. I mean, and then, all right. So then the other question is how do you beat that team down the stretch? Because you're not out hitting them. <laughs> are, are two pitchers taking a playoff series from the Padres? I don't think so. No, and that's another part of it because you get late in the game with the Padres. Now all of a sudden they have Josh Hader. Remember that happened oh, yesterday. That happened yesterday. That's right. Yeah. Man. So this team is 
they have no business losing. Like, I know they're not in first place in their division. They are now better than the Dodgers on paper. Will they be better than the Dodgers come October mm. when the Dodgers have guys like Justin Turner, who's been there? Bellinger's not great, but he's been there. Their whole team is battle-tested. The one thing about the Padres team is Soto did win a championship, but I'm not going to call him battle-tested. The, the Dodgers have continuously done it year after year going deep in the playoffs. That team knows what it takes to win. This Padres team, outside of Soto, Machado's never won nothing. You just traded away Eric Hosmer, who was battle-tested, and now he's gone. So now you have a full team of guys, for the most part, who have never won anything. And I know you, you want to say Soto's battle-tested because of the championship, but, but a year of playoffs does not yeah. a reputation make. Exactly. And even a guy like Hosmer, I will say he's battle-tested because they won that one year. They also lost in the World Series a year. They went to the playoffs a lot with the Royals, but they ship him out. So that's the second part of this. All the prospects go to the Nationals. Eric Hosmer was supposed to go. And Eric Hosmer said, Yeah. I don't know, fam. Like, I, I have a no-trade clause for a reason, not a full no-trade, keep in mind. But the Nationals yeah. were on the list of the no-trade. As they should be. As they should be. And they tried to work that out, and he said, nah. And they, they kind of had to because they owed him a ton of money. Yeah. And Josh Bell's your new first baseman. So. And, you know, Hosmer was in a really bad situation prior to the Red Sox coming knocking, or at least the Padres going looking for the Red Sox, because what do you do if you're – Osmer, right? You got to be under an inordinate amount of pressure to to wave that no trade and go to the Nationals. Mm -hmm. You know your franchise doesn't want you. Yeah. You got no spot in the lineup anymore. So what are you doing holding on other than just not wanting to play for a, a crap club? Yeah. No, like, and here's the thing. Like, I don't blame him. Like, you had, I don't blame him for not going. I hear your point. But, like, what, other than, like, paying you a ton of money, like, why do you want to do them a favor? You know, like they're sending you for your career to die. It's got to be extra incentives. Yeah. So right. yeah. I'm, not, I'm not mad at him for saying no. But the point of that story is they eventually do move Eric Hosmer to a team that his no trade clause did not affect, and that's the Boston Red Sox. So the Red Sox will get a new first baseman in Eric Hosmer. Uh, Bobby Dahlbeck had been struggling as their first baseman. It was not working. They now get Eric Hosmer. They're probably out of it. But Eric Hosmer is still a good player. Like he's getting paid way too much for the value he gives you. He's a good player. Like – I, he's not great, but he is good. And then the other part of that is you need another player to make the deal done, and we find out relatively recently it'll be Luke Voigt heading from the Padres over to the Nationals. Luke Voigt's a guy that came over from the Yankees. He wasn't getting enough playing time with Rizzo and Gallo, which Gallo now gets traded. There's a lot going on, folks. You're trying to keep you updated. <laughs> but, but Luke Voigt now will go from the Padres to the Nationals. So the Padres pretty much trade two first basemen today, get Josh Bell back, trade their entire farm system, all of them, every single one, and we'll get Juan Soto back. And I stand by it. It's nothing short of the biggest trade since Babe Ruth. The, the Nationals asked for everything, and, got and it. they received everything. Yeah, it's, it's like a Herschel Walker type trade. It, it's, it is massive. The Nationals last year tried to pull off a trade where they rebuilt their farm system, and it just didn't work out for them at all. Now you're looking at the Nationals with, like you said, this is a team that's now built to run through championships, maybe not for another four or five years until these guys are maturing and up in the majors performing consistently. But, man, it's got to be one of the better farm systems in the league now. For the Nationals? Yeah. There is no doubt. There is no doubt. Mackenzie Gore is a guy that will fill right into the rotation that was a top prospect. Uh, Robert Hassel and James Wood are two of the, the bigger names. Those are low A, high A ball prospects. These are guys that you will not see for multiple years. Yeah. So I'm telling you the name now, like if you're a Nationals fan, Robert Hassel, James Wood, forget about it. 
They're down there. They're doing their thing. They're hitting like 300 in A ball. And in two years, you're going to be like, hey, we got these guys for Juan Soto, okay? C.J. Abrams will probably, I shouldn't say probably, he will be the starting shortstop for the Nationals when he gets there tomorrow. Uh, Mackenzie Gore will be your number one pitcher because uh, Patrick Corbin's not good anymore, and I don't know if Steven Strasburg's ever going to pitch again. Uh, so Mackenzie Gore becomes your ace. So you pretty much traded for your immediate ace and your immediate shortstop, two big prospects. Luke Voigt is your immediate first baseman. They're still bad. Don't get me wrong. I mean, this year. This year. But it is an absolutely massive trade. But there's other things going on. What did you say you had from the Twins? Do you have that in front of you? Uh, let me pull that back up because there's a few more trades that just went down. Uh, the the Reds just pulled a trade. Twins acquired Tyron Mail. Okay, from the Reds? Yeah. Um, that's a move. Like So the Twins are in a very division, a very few division where it's wide open. Any of... The Twins, the White Sox, or the Guardians could win that division. All need starting pitching. That makes sense. He's having a good year with the Reds, so I get it. Not like the massive, massive move, but uh, he's a quality right-handed arm that uh, will do some good. I see here the Phillies have acquired David Robertson, David Robertson from the Cubs. Yeah. Interesting move. David Robertson's career was game, set, match. Mm. He was with the Phillies. He signed a big deal. He left the Yankees for the Phillies a couple years ago, goes to the Cubs, has a nice little revival this year. Going back to Philadelphia is interesting because I don't think anybody's catching the Mets in that division. And then Ben Brown is going with him, by the way, in that trade. Uh, ben Brown's going to Chicago, I'm sorry. Okay, that makes some sense, yeah. I mean, and then speaking of the Mets, they just picked up Darren Ruff, who yeah. we were talking about in the break. And uh, ever since they got Vogelbach, it seems like they were looking for a, a right-handed DH option who can hit some left-handed pitching. Uh, Ruff's career OPS versus lefties, 929. That's a hefty wow. number right That's there. a good number. I'm just surprised to see a guy like J.D. Davis go back in that trade. Yes. Um, it's You're trading two guys with negative wars this season. Like, I, it's just a weird, weird move. For I me. think for the Mets, they just weren't seeing the production from J.D. Davis this year specifically that they had hoped to fill with that right-handed bat and DH option, which is why I think they were uh, okay with letting him go. I didn't see it coming. I love J.D. Davis. I was really hoping the Mets would continue to shore up that bullpen because – Kind of need some help. Um, we got a couple hours to go, but m arms are being moved pretty quickly, and the Mets not in on it as of yet. Um, Chase on the Facebook says, do you think the Rays are going to get anybody at the deadline? Chase, we know the answer. No. We got David Peralta a couple days ago. I think that's the end of that for the Rays, but we'll see. It sounds like they could be in on Wilson Contreras. The Mets could be in on Wilson Contreras. As a Mets fan, do you want to see Wilson Contreras end up in New York? Sure. That's a good player. Okay, just anybody that's good? Anybody. Who can help? Because here's the deal, and I told you this. I was complaining about it. June 1st, I said it to you. Mets were up 10 and a half games. I said, give it a month. This is where the collapse always happens. It's almost always in the bullpen, and it almost always happens. And there we were on July 1st, looking at the Braves knocking on the door. It's still very close. I don't know. I just don't have faith in that bullpen as we get down the stretch. DeGrom making his first start tonight. That's true. Exciting. That is exciting. what's left of the Nationals. Dude, he might throw a no-hitter because there's nobody on he the He might. Nationals. Or he may feel discomfort in his forearm, which turns out to be a negative x-ray, but they'll still hold him out the next 20 starts. Could be. I guess either of those things are in play. Um, a couple of the names, by the way, that I was talking about with arms being moved. The Marlins move uh, Anthony Bass as well as Zach Pop to the Blue Jays for... Um, a top prospect shortstop, Jordan Grosshans. He should probably be coming to play in Jacksonville. He was in AAA with Toronto. Might be coming to the Jumbo Shrimp. But those are two 
bullpen arms that have been pretty good for the Marlins that are off the table for teams like the Mets, who now can are still losing out on bullpen arms with a David Robertson leaving. Now those two guys moving as well. I mentioned Joey Gallo. His stint in New York was not a good one, and it was not a long one. He will head to the Dodgers in an interesting move. Great but situation. It's, it is a great situation. You won't have to play every day. Nope. And you cannot win the World Series without left-handed bats. You just can't do it. And Unfortunately, he's, he's got to do something with that bat. That is true. He would have to actually hit the ball to, like, make an impact. But uh, he is a guy that's on the move to the Dodgers. Do you have any feelings on what the Orioles are doing right now? It's funny, we talked I was just about to bring that up. Oh, because we talked about Mancini yesterday. Then they get rid of George Lopez. Yeah, I don't – here's the thing. Like, it's almost like the Brewers to me yesterday. Like, so the Brewers give up Hader. Now the Orioles give up Lopez and Mancini. And I think that's as simple as they're definitely not winning the World Series. Like, you could look at it and say, we could fight and we could claw and we could scratch and potentially get the wild card game. But we're not winning the World Series. The Orioles are not good enough to win the World Series. It's been a great story. It's been a fantastic. What a deflator to 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 start tearing apart the team. Yeah, but you got to be realistic. If you can get pieces back for those guys with the young core you have, like it's 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 probably frustrating for Orioles fans. I get it. Seriously. But you got to think about it intelligently sometimes. And that's like I hate it for the Orioles fans. But you got two good players. You can get something for. They do it. They now probably will not make the wild card. That's one less team. But in terms of what the Twins got in Lopez, he's been very good for the Orioles. He was an all-star. He is their closer. Uh, you get another bullpen arm that's an under-the-radar very good arm, another guy the Mets missed out on. I just, I'm looking at the Orioles going, here's a team. We were talking about these teams yesterday who just refuse to try and put it together on the field. When things are going well, they immediately break it down and sell it for parts. And I feel like the Orioles turned into that franchise. I mean, it's been a while. Mm-hmm. And... They really don't retain these players when they get them. They trade them and try and build up the farm system again. And I think Mancini was one of those guys. He was, but, I mean, this is now a very good farm system with guys that are close. Like, you're trading for guys that are close to the show. So now you can put them with Adley Rushman and Gunnar Henderson's about to be called up. And you have all these big-name prospects that you kept your core, right? Like, Lopez and Mancini, they're good pieces. Mancini's been part of your core for a long time, but... You know, if you're going to lose them in free agency, you might as well get something for them. Mm. And that's what the Orioles do. It's it's frustrating, but it's the realization of the sport where do you try to sell your soul to make the wild card and then lose to a Yankees team in the first round of the playoffs? Or do you realistically trade the pieces you have and get something back? And that's- not go back to the playoffs for another six, seven years? Sell ten to 15,000 seats a game and, and be the Orioles that everyone knows you're going to be. I mean, I like I hear the point you're trying to make, but Trey Mancini's not going to decide if they go to the playoffs the next three years. That's fair. Okay. Like, they will be fine. I promise they'll be fine. It's frustrating right now, Baltimore Orioles fans, but you will be fine. I have a feeling. Uh, Angels making moves, not Shohei Otani. Brandon Marsh heading from the Angels to the Phillies. He's an outfielder. One of the few bright spots on... The Angels, I brought up his name a couple times. He's one of the guys they drafted, brought him through the system. Was supposed to be great, has been okay at best. He will now head to Philadelphia. And the Phillies making moves because they think they can catch your Mets. They think they can do it. I don't believe they will. I don't believe they will either. But uh, those are some of the bigger moves going on today, trying to keep up with everything. Does it surprise you how many teams tried to acquire players over the last couple of days? Yeah, I mean... I think there's just so many teams in it. 
Like, you've got so many teams in the wild card hunt on both sides. Like, the divisions, for the most part, are locked up. Like, nobody's catching the Yankees. Nobody's – I still don't think the Padres are catching the Dodgers. They'll make the wild card. Astros are locked that. The Dodgers are Astros locked Astros have locked that up, exactly. So, you've got the Central. So, I'm not surprised to see the Twins and the Guardians and the White Sox trying to acquire names to get better. I think the Mets have it locked down. Now you just jinxed it. You just jinxed it, Casey Kurtz. But it's realistic that they could be caught. So I'm not surprised that the Phillies are trying to get in. But when you look at the wild card, you got the Phillies in, you got the Braves in in the National League. You obviously have the Padres who are Oh my god, the Padres. Are guaranteed a spot in Yeah, feels Padres like slash point. Dodgers, whatever happens there. Yeah. So there's just so many teams in it right now that I'm not super surprised that all these teams are trying to make moves. And by the way, we still have two hours to go. And I have a really good feeling that Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ are both getting moved from the Cubs. And those are, like, very good players. Like, don't sleep. Wilson Contreras might be the piece somebody needs to win a World Series. He's an all-star behind the plate. He's one of the very few catchers that can hit and play defensively well. Ian Happ, don't sleep on him. He hits from both sides of the plate. He plays outfield and infield. Like, those are two guys that could be huge moves. Don't sleep on him because we got two hours to go. Do you happen to know how many years left Contreras has on his deal? I think it's two. There's one and one more, I think. All right. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just checking in. i got to talk to Steve Cohen a little bit. I mean, I think it's worth it. If you're a team that thinks you can win right now, you go get Wilson Contreras. Yeah. Like, there are very, very few players at the position in the league right now that are any better. The Rays could be a team that wants Wilson Contreras, by the way, uh, because they need help behind the plate. But I'm going to be honest, the Rays need help all over. The Rays aren't going out and getting Wilson Contreras. He's not making any money. They could do something like that. They're not going to. They're not going And they to. have the farm system to do it. They could. And they're they're another one of those teams in the wild card hunt. And that's why, like, Boston getting Hosmer doesn't surprise me. They're like a 500 team. But low-key, they're in the wild card hunt if they run off some wins. The Blue Jays get relievers. I expect more, maybe. The problem is there's not enough pitching to go around right now. I mean, seriously. Like, every deal is for another arm out there. Yeah, Except like, for the Mets deals. <laughs> see, Seattle was very smart to get Luis Castillo early. Early, yeah. And now it's, like, up to Carlos Rondon. Uh, Rodon, where Rodon. will he go uh, if the Giants decide to move him? He's like the last big piece. Peace, yeah. Because you see teams like the Twins going after Maley from the Reds, who's a quality arm, but he's not great, you know? So now you're overpaying for guys like will the Rangers decide to unload some of their pitching as well? A lot of things still in play for the next two hours. So, so Rodon, by the way, can opt out after this year. So whoever picks him up has to face the possibility that he's a $22.5 million rental. And that's why somebody like, you're not going to trade him in the division. So, like, the Dodgers and the Padres are out there. But, like, if I'm, like, the Yankees. It looks pretty good to if them. If you're huh? a team that's, go- like, on the verge of winning, even the Mets. Like, you got you to gotta make moves like that. Even yes. though the Yankees do get Montas. See, Montas is another one. Not a lot of starting pitching out there. The Yankees go get him yesterday. So, you don't have to worry about what's happening today. It's a fascinating thing that's going on. And we got a couple more hours to go with it. So, we will keep you updated. On all the trade deadline stuff, I feel like I haven't taken a, a breath in that segment. <laughs> you were really amped up, which I love. I love seeing you excited. Uh, one last note on the Rodon stuff. Mm-hmm. Phillies in, Giants in, Twins, and Cardinals. Yeah, where are the Cardinals? Nowhere the Cardinals to be found. were supposedly in on... Everybody. 
Yeah, especially Soto. And what's interesting about that is Cardinals Memphis Redbirds down here playing the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp tonight. Will we see anybody get pulled off the field? Oh. Or I guess the game wouldn't have started. Maybe pulled out of warm-ups or something. Yeah, we got to ask the guys to be on the lookout. That's true because a couple of top prospects for the Cardinals right now are uh, here in Jacksonville. So we'll have to see how that plays out. And, heck, do we see any members of the Jumbo Shrimp get pulled off the field? I, already th- I think you got to race down there with your little autograph book. <laughs> Should I? <laughs> Excuse me, mister. Is that, I have an autograph. Is that what I sound like? That's a that's a Casey Kurtz impression. There we go. So I've been working on it. It's horrible. So you just want to you know want me to leave and do the show by yourself? Not exactly. A little shiny forehead in <laughs> yeah, there. It's really shiny forehead. I am the shiniest. If you're <laughs> if you're watching on the stream, you can see Aaron Schachter's shiny forehead. Yeah, there you can see my lights. headband. That's why I wear a headband, Aaron. That's a, not a bad idea. I'm gonna start wearing a hat to work. We got to start investing in headbands here. Maybe I'll just buy a really bad toupee. Have it down in the front of my head like this. They'll comb over. Please don't. You look like uh, Mark Davis, as we talked about <laughs> earlier in the show. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We take a break. More to do after this. the value would be and what teams would be willing to give up for a Shohei Otani just on the offensive side on the pitching side the guy the guy can mow it down but the major concern that I have if you acquire Shohei Otani is you can't go to a five-man rotation on your pitching they have a six-man rotation in Anaheim, as the Angels are concerned and I wonder if he could react to a five-man rotation, one less day of rest to try to be to try to have them effective because I just don't see other staffs making that adjustment late in the season for Shohei. Uh, why not? Yeah, like he's great. Yeah, you know, the decent follow-up right there. And it's not like you're trading one of your five starters. You'd give up prospects, so you just throw in an extra guy who's great. Eduardo Perez, horrible take. What are we doing? What are we doing, Eduardo Perez? Former Tampa Bay Ray for like 14 to 15 minutes, Eduardo Perez. <laughs> you can say that about almost everybody in the league. There you go. Pretty much. There you go. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz on a Tuesday. Brent Martineau in the air, not on a private jet with, with everybody else, on a commercial plane right now on his way to Canton, OHIO, Ohio for the Jags and the Raiders on Thursday night. Tony Baselli going in the Hall of Fame this weekend as well. Brian will be back with us tomorrow live from Ken. But right now, it's me and Aaron holding it down. We're digesting what's going on in the Major League Baseball trade deadline. By the way, Padres are not done. Now they get Brandon Jury from the Reds. Not a huge name, but, you know, somebody that can play multiple infield positions. They just keep going. They just keep going. We get it. It's we a good team. We get it. We get it. You guys have a lot of money. You we get, get it. it. Oh, my yeah. God. Anyway, <laughs> so that's where we are in the MLB trade deadline. We'll hey, keep. speaking of a lot of money, you yeah. see these uh, Tiger Woods headlines? Uh, he turned down more money from Live Golf, right? Yeah, it's crazy town. So apparently, Greg Norman's out here just talking. He says before he became just, C- talking. just talking. He says before he became CEO, Live Golf offered Tiger a ridiculous, ridiculous sum of money to recruit him to Live Golf, mm-hmm. and Norman's saying it's somewhere in the neighborhood of seven to eight hundred million dollars. Yeah. And Tiger turned it down. We all know it's been well documented. Tiger, not a fan of the Live Golf folks. No, he's not. And he, here's the thing. Like, Brent loves the PGA Tour. 
Really I, does. I got love for the PGA Tour, right? Not, they haven't really done anything for me, but like I, I love golf, so I, I enjoy watching the PGA Tour and like all those things. The best players still play on the PGA Tour, but just because Tiger didn't go to your point, like we need to start accepting that the Live Tour is real, very real. It's I'm not gonna lie to you, low key fun. I Those mean, it's players not are having fun. fun. It's very much fun. You see all the videos on social media, mm-hmm. the loud music, the parties. They're definitely trying to put their flag in that young person's golf space. I think they're doing a really good job. It, and you said it. It's working. You know, they had a couple hundred thousand people watching on YouTube this week. And listen, when you look at the field that was in the Rocket Mortgage Classic in Detroit this week or in Live Golf, the Live Golf had a better field. Yeah, man. It's free to watch, like... I'm the li- live golf is for real. The, and yeah, they're here to stay. They're here to stay. And after the tour championship, we'll really find out what happens because it's been reported that the champion golfer of the year, Cameron Smith, will go to live golf after the tour championship. We will have to see how that plays out. Who else can they possibly get? We'll see. But live if I'm the PGA tour, I've said this before, I stand by it and I feel even stronger about it after watching a little bit of live this weekend. I'm worried. That they're obviously worried. They, they made should cha- be. They made changes already. They're obviously worried. I mean, names, obviously, you, I keep saying obviously, but you said before, it's not so much the games of these guys, but maybe the names of these guys, guys like Phil Mickelson, Bubba Watson, Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau. We've talked about it. Ad nauseum, Dustin Johnson, all these guys over at Live Golf. Do you think, had they made the offer to Tiger after securing these guys, would it have been a, a different internal conversation for him, or or is he too pot committed, as they say in poker, to the uh, PGA Tour? I'd say maybe, but I think if Tiger were to leave the PGA Tour, there's probably no more PGA Tour. No, come on. Oh yeah. Well, if Ty, I mean, it won't be as important. It won't be as relevant, but they'll still exist. There's still, still there's yes. still billions behind the PGA. I didn't mean like they would no longer be an organization. Okay. But then I think. There's not one person on the planet that could be like, well, if Tiger went, why can't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, there's yeah. there's nobody, I don't think, standing up and planting that flag like, oh, we're here. You know, it's like, well, if Tiger left, Ty- Tiger was golf for years. Yeah, he was years, that guy planting you know? that flag, by the way. He was the guy saying that. Yeah, um, I think maybe it's a conversation, but I'd be very surprised. Like, Tiger, we talk about some of these guys on the PGA Tour right now, like Justin Thomas, and like, oh, you know, they owe it to the PGA Tour. They owe it to Tiger. And if Tiger, who literally changed how golf is played and changed everything with golf, like if he were to leave, that would be monumental, which I just don't see because he wouldn't have the life that he has without the PGA Tour. You know? would, 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 do you think it would be more symbolic than, you know, functionally bad for the PGA? I mean, yeah, it's not yeah, like yeah, Tiger yeah. is competing for championships. At yeah, this no point. doubt. It would be a, a symbolic thing. Absolutely. But I devastating. Think. I mean, cratering. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, yes, it would be fracturing because I think then – like, what incentive at that point does somebody like Justin Thomas or Rory McIlroy have to stay? Because now, like, yeah, there's a lot of guys in the PGA Tour, don't get me wrong, but Thomas, Rory, Woods, and Woods isn't even a big part of it at this point. Mm-hmm. Victor Hovland, Colin Morikawa, like, there's still a good list on the PGA Tour, but it continues to get shorter. Yeah, lives chipping away. Chipping They're, away. You also got to wonder what else they offered Tiger that wasn't part of the financial deal. Yeah. Like I mean, you're, you're talking, yeah, yeah, exactly. You're talking about a, uh, uh, an organization and live golf that's backed by a government 
and one of the richest governments in the entire world. Mm -hmm. I mean, this public fund, I don't know if you saw this video that came out recently. Saudi Arabia is about to build a city in the middle of the desert that's 34 miles long, but it's not wide. It's like you could walk the width of this city. Hmm. And it's, uh, it's like hugged by these mirrors so that you don't disturb the aesthetics of the desert. But inside this mirrored city is this well-ventilated, air-conditioned trees and grass in the middle of the desert. It looks like it's straight out of the future. And they're looking to open this thing in the next 15 to 20 years. And the only reason it's possible is because they're sitting on just trillions in cash. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, with Live Golf, the money's never running out. No. No. So, like, like PGA can go broke. Live Golf will not go. There is no going broke for Live If Live Golf goes broke, the Saudi royal family's got a lot more to worry about than just golf. True. Very true. Like, it's just, that's the one thing about Live. Like, if the, we're still having people bring up the conversation of the money and, like, where it comes from. Like, I'm a big believer in, like, all the money in these major organizations aren't. None of the money is clean. I'm saying that if you looked at every dollar every major organization had and spent, I'm sure it's not all clean. Yeah. And I, like, you can call the live money whatever you want. At the end of the day, like, it's there and it's real, you know? So I think the, at some point, I would imagine everyone's going to have to get off the calling it blood money or whatever you want to call it. Like, at some point, that's going to have to go away because... I think the argument just goes away at a certain point. I'm not sure how it's legal to ban people from seeking employment. I don't really understand how that works. In terms of coming back to the PGA? Yeah. Yeah, that, see, that's another part of this as well because, I mean, the here's the thing. Like, the PGA events that aren't majors, in the grand scheme of things, aren't a big deal for these guys. If there's a ruling made that they can live golfers can still play in major championships... I, the PGA might literally be in serious trouble because that's the big part of this. If the live, exclusivity, yeah. Yeah, if they can play in the major championships, which is really anybody, anything anybody cares about besides, like, the players and, you know, a couple of specific events. Like, why would you not go to live golf? They're going to pay you $200 million and you still get to play in the majors? Yeah, and you still get to do all the PGA stuff, yeah. Yeah, like, that's, I don't know. I think live golf is real, and I think you just got to start, maybe not embracing it, but just realizing that, this is more of a war in terms of where will the players go between the two leagues than anybody really wanted to realize when I first started. Hot take slash bold prediction. Mm -hmm. Within the next five years, Live Golf will buy the PGA. They're going to buy the organization and merge it. I will say no because I don't think the PGA will sell to them. For the right money? I, I know. I just don't think it'll happen. Mm. Five years may be too small of a sample. Maybe ten. Because then you got those guys all back in the PGA. Yeah, that's true. It and everyone's be. making money. I mean, most of the time, isn't that what we see? Like, with two rival leagues, like, at some point, somebody's merging. Not even a league. In businesses. In business, so, yeah. It could happen. By the way, um, Tiger Woods turning down, like, a billion dollars. Juan Soto turning down, like, 500 million and then gets traded today. Yeah. What's the most money you've ever turned down? For $35. Yeah. <laughs> I work in radio, Casey Kurtz. So I'm here, too. Has yeah, anybody man. ever turned down more than, a, like, Tiger Woods? Do you think that's the most money ever turned down in the history of history? I don't, only because we know sports franchise purchases have fell through at some point.
But there are definitely owners out there who turn down an offer with a B in front of it for their organizations. True. But that being said, a person, not an entity, not an investment. Yeah, one dude. One dude. I don't know that that's ever happened like that ever, ever, ever. Sports are a wild thing. That's two guys, one in his 40s and one not even 25 turned down over $500 million. I thought you were talking about us for a second. I was like, I'd never turn down that money. Not us. Tiger Woods and Juan Soto. Some people are just built different here in Look, Jack. I'm a 10000 there. I don't know what you're talking about, $500 million. I've got $43.11 in my account. Sweet. Currently. That's enough for one Uber Eats. Hey, good thing you paid today. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, anyway, I do. More to do. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We'll be right back. Baseball trades are flying, golf talk, football talk, breaking news everywhere. What a Tuesday it's been. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Casey Kurtz with you. Aaron Schachter with you as well. You're going to hear from Marvin Jones in just a second before we go to break. Football at 5 coming up. You will also hear from one Tyson Campbell. So we've got both of those things on deck for you here in just a second but just kind of a reset of where we are on the day uh doug peterson talked earlier today about the hall of fame game what their plan is going to be going into it obviously no trevor lawrence no travis etn neither of them will be available in the game jake luton is your starting quarterback as he was a couple of times a couple years ago um Snoop Connor will be the starting running back for the jags no james robinson and no travis etn as they work their way back from those injuries so that's kind of the bigger news of the day some of the ones will play according to doug peterson we kind of have guessed who those will be luke fortner hopefully included in those just for my sake so i can win a uh, bet with young brent martineau but those are kind of the headlines of the day when it comes to the jags we will talk more football at five about those topics about some other things as well like i said you will hear from tyson campbell he's one guy that i imagine will not have to play because he has set himself as potentially a really good corner for this team, and it might be the one shining thing that we've gotten from Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer, it was likely a Urban Meyer pick to pick a guy like Tyson Campbell, and I would say it has worked out to this point. It didn't start well for Tyson Campbell, but it's going well right now. Uh, one guy that did join the Jags last year and will be a big part, don't expect him to see him on Thursday night, is one Marvin Jones Jr. Came over from Detroit. You know, had an okay season last year. He's something that I've called him and could be a bit disrespectful as a career number two. He's probably not your number one. You bring in Christian Kirk now, and now Marvin Jones might be able to fall back into that role of being a very, very nice number two on this Jaguar team. So before we get to football at five, and before we hit our last break of the four o'clock hour, you hear from Marvin Jones. Brent Martineau talked to him the other day after Jacksonville Jaguar training camp. Hey, after today's practice, I was wondering if you had one of those, like, catch bonuses in training camp, too, because you got the ball a lot today, man. Uh, you, you should ask him. I would, I would love that. <laughs> yeah, but it was all good. It was a good day. Um, you know, for, for the most part, it was, um, you know, still got to go through some some kinks. And, you know, once you put the pads on, you know, obviously, obviously the intensity comes up, and we have to make sure we, uh, you know, stay on course. There's a lot of uh, uh, guys out here to, to get the football. Is it nice almost to have a day where you do kind of get in the rhythm of catching, catching the ball 
an obsession? Oh yeah, I mean most definitely. You know, we always want to, you know, get our work in and stuff like that. But um, it's great to have, you know, everybody that we have, you know, um, you know, because everybody adds um, a lot to the game, you know. So it's going to be a very exciting. So I'm excited for that. Trevor, last year, Trevor to this year, you notice different guy. Uh, ball looked the same coming out of his hands. I mean, what's your assessment of 16? Well, you know, you just use when you have years under your belt. Each year you get under your belt, you get more wise, you know. So um, in terms of decision making and and you know just the flow of the game, feel of the game. Um, you know, that always goes up. So you definitely see that. Do you sense in the locker room on the practice field you guys are in your kind of like a happy football place again? Oh, most definitely. You know, it's, it's fun out here, um, you know, but we, we know how to, how, to, how to go to work and, um, and, you know, do business as usual, but it's uh, definitely a great vibe. You feel a hunger after last year from this team, not just you. You know how to do that. You, you know what that is. Of course. But I'm saying guys that felt what they felt a year ago. Yeah, I think so. You know, um, it's, it's time for, you know, for us to, you know, turn a new leaf. Um, and everybody's excited to get out there and, and, and show what we could do on all as a unit collectively. Um, and, you know, there's a seriousness to that. So um, I think we're ready for that. I saw you in OTAs. You said, hey, I'm the Benjamin Button of the NFL, man. You still got it. Uh, you're the old guy, but do you still feel really good like you got it? Yeah, I feel, I feel amazing. You know, I, I feel just like I've always felt. So, um, you know, uh, they, I'm just blessed. You know, I've I, you know, been eating sensu beans. So. <laughs> <laughs> what does that feel like? How do you know if you're feeling a little older or you still feel like you're 25 well i wouldn't know how to if how it, how it is to feel a little older because i feel the same so uh, I, I just uh you know just just keep doing what i do keep taking care of my body um you know keep uh, you know being out here with, with all with all the youngins and you know getting me hyped and stuff like that and um you know i, I don't know i don't know when i'm gonna feel that but hey it is what it is <laughs> one, one last one for you i think you played like 94 percent of the snaps last year is it a good thing to pull back on that to be more fresh with some of the weapons that they brought in no i mean i i trained i trained to play all, all game you know and I've been doing that for the past 10 years so um, you know if, if I if I have to do that you know I like to I like to be in the game you know uh, regardless of what it is if I'm running people off um, because you know I know if I'm tired they're way more tired so I like to be in the game but um, you know whatever whatever it is we obviously we have um, you know a lot of people who could who could uh, out here who could uh, who we, we could all help each other so maybe maybe it'll be it'll be good yeah thanks man yeah that is Jags wide receiver Marvin Jones talking with our Brent Martineau. And that last question is somewhat of a stamp on how bad it was last year with some of the oh, receivers. They said, Marvin, you need to play 94% of the time <laughs> because you're the only one we're confident in actually catching it if we throw it your way. For real. And that's something you shouldn't, uh, like he said it, and of course I expect him to say, yeah, put me in at all times, right? You know what I mean? He's the type of guy that would say that, but... I mean, all of these guys are, to be honest with you. Well, They're yeah, all yeah, competitors yeah. and athletes, but you're right. Yeah, and nice. that's, that's what I mean, but like, we shouldn't have, that shouldn't be the requirement at his age. Let like, me ask you this about mm -hmm. Marvin Jones' season this year, because mm -hmm. um, I think you like him. I like him for sure. I like Marvin. <clears throat> I think you're right in assessing who he's been his whole career and, yeah. and who we'd like him to be. <laughs> this year as opposed to who he was last year but uh when the season's said and done if you got to predict who's got more yards is it visca or jones oh it's it it better be marvin jones or lavisca just better be great i don't think lavisca is going to have enough opportunity to have enough yards i'm honestly look i don't know if i'm in the minority here but glenn's brought it up way earlier on youtube and i saw it like lavisca could get cut like, it seems very unlikely. He was a second-round pick a couple of years ago, but last year was very bad yeah. for LaVisca Chanel. And he definitely has talent. There's no doubt about it. 
But if some of these other receivers just outperform in the preseason, I do wonder if LaVisca Chenault is a lock to make the roster. Okay, so let's say LaVisca makes the roster. Mm -hmm. End of the season, who's got more yards? Treadwell, a guy who's been shining in camp, or LaVisca? I'm going to sound like a Visca hater. Oh, boy. But the one thing we know about Treadwell is he does have a rapport with Trevor Lawrence. Like, we know that they got close during last season. They spend time off the field as obviously as well as on it. Treadwell had some drops last year. There's no doubt about it, but he also made some plays for Trevor Lawrence. And I think at the bare minimum, I think Trevor Lawrence keeps him on the team because he sees him as reliable. All right, I'm just trying to find where your line is, right? At the end of the season, this is <laughs> who's got more receptions, Visca or Etienne? Receptions? Yeah. Etienne. Oh, man. I'm telling you, man, I'm not for sure LaVisca is going to be on the team. Some people might be hearing that and saying I'm crazy, and you might be right. I might be an idiot, and we're going to find out. But I'm telling you, LaVisca's not a lock on this roster right now. Some of us may already think we know. That's true. That, you're, that you're an idiot. This is like two regimes removed, by the way. That drafted him. So oh, yeah. Remember, we're on a whole new, another new one. But he's beloved. By who? By fans. Fan is, favorite. Is he? I think so. I mean, I think people want to see him do well because you know there's something there. Like, there's potential with LaVisca, but last year was very bad. And like, there's no other way to put it. It was bad, but it was bad for everybody. I've never heard more love thrown at a wide receiver four slash five slash six in my entire life. The people want him to be good. because with the exception had, of Braxton Berrios in New York, because they, they love that dude. They do. And it's another draft miss if he's not good. So. Yep. We'll see how that plays out. Football at 5 coming up next here from Tyson Campbell on the other side. We'll be right back.